Welcome to the third installment of the project management series. Today's show, we're going to be talking about the project lifecycle and some of the tasks that are completed within each of the section of the project lifecycle. Don't hang up that phone. We've found what you're looking for. Welcome to the Let's Talk Cabling Podcast with Chuck Bowser, RCDD. Well, seeing how we're pulling Category 6A, the most powerful twisted pair in the world. you got to ask yourself this one question. Did I pull 295 or 300 feet? Well, do you feel lucky? Do you punk? In this podcast, you'll learn the differences between a 66 and 110 punch tool, the proper way to install a support cable, along with testing and certifying the cable. What exactly does RCDD stand for? Registered Communications Distribution Designer. Just the expert you need to ensure your cable plant performs exactly as designed. The elite professional, knowledgeable, and experienced in leading edge ICT design principles. So join us as we talk about the ever-changing world of telecommunications. From ISP to OSP, from copper to fiber, design to installation. Now, send the new guy to the truck for a bucket of dial tone and the cable stretchers while you listen to an informative program on telecommunications. Welcome to the show where we tackle tough questions that are submitted by installers, project managers, estimators, IT personnel, and customers. On this show, we connect at the human level so that we can connect the world. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube and you like this content, would you please mind hitting the subscribe button and hit that little bell button to be notified when each new show is published? Or better yet, send us your email. We'll send you a newsletter letting you know when it's published. If you're watching this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Amazon Podcasts, would you mind consider leaving us a rating? Both of these steps help us take on the algorithm so more people can hear our message. Another thing, have you entered your email for the Bixie Field Pocket Guide giveaway? No? Why not? You better hurry up. You only have a few days left. You better go to bit.lycbrcddcontest for your chance to win. All you got to do is give us your email and we'll send you newsletters to let you know when new content is being published. Also, Don't forget our After Hours series where we live stream on LinkedIn Live and YouTube on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Some of the subjects that we have covered in the past include cable topologies, ladder safety, trunk slammers, and the last one was a Q&A thing. And it was so many questions that we're going to do it again this week. So if you have a question, make sure that you put it on. But those live streams are recorded and they're put on our webpage So you can watch them later if you can't watch the actual live event. Speaking of web pages, have you stopped by and checked out our new web page lately? You better go check it out. There you can watch, have access to all of our audio podcasts that I mentioned earlier, all of our recorded after hour series, and even the articles I've written written and are on LinkedIn. So let's get on with today's episode, the project lifecycle. A project lifecycle is a series of phases that a project will go through. Some of those phases, only a few people will be working on the project, while other phases, you might have lots of people involved in the project. The phase will start out with initiation and end with project closeout. Each phase, just like the project is, 
will have a distinct beginning and end. One phase must be completed before the next one begins to ensure success. Each phase may be tied to a schedule or even a milestone. So the five phases of a project initiation lifecycle include initiating, planning, executing, monitoring and controlling, and project closeout. Now we're going to relate these cycles to the information communication technology world and how that applies to us. Today we will discuss initiation and planning and what you can expect to happen within those phases. The task that we'll be discussing today is not an all-encompassing list. Rather, it's a general discussion of those activities. So during the initiation stage, the company will define the project, create the estimate, write a scope of work, and identify the stakeholders. And then finally, wait for approval to proceed. This approval would be basically the customer notifying the cable contractor that they won the project. (laughs) And that's when all the fun begins. So let's look at each one of those components that we just highlighted. First one is defining the project. In a formal bid process with an RFP, Request for Proposal, most of the heavy work has already been done either by the customer or maybe even a consultant that the customer had hired. But that doesn't mean, though, that the the design is complete. Think of it as an 80% design. While the customer may have calculated how much bandwidth that their backbone may need, They might even determine the type of cable and the quantity of cables, but they probably didn't consider the actual placement of the cable, how the cable will be supported, where the cable will run, and if there's any potential sources for interference. While the process will be different with each company, and that process will depend largely on the size of the company, the size of the project, and the organizational structure. So after reading the RFP and digesting it, You better understand what the customer wants done, when they want it done, and even who are the other companies building the project. The manager will then decide on whether or not they want to proceed with the bid. If they are bidding the work, then the company commits resources with the realization that they may not win the project. In a competitive bid scenario, generally, a company is only going to win between 8 and 15% of the project that they actually price. Those numbers will go up, though, if the number of bidders that they're bidding against go down, or if they're giving a price to an existing customer. Once that decision has been made to move forward, then the second step of the project initiation, creating the bid or the price, and then writing that formal proposal. The estimation can be created by the company owner, the project manager, or maybe even a dedicated estimator. So today, I'm just going to refer to that person as the estimator, no matter what their real title is. The more information the estimator has, the more accurate that bid will be. Notice I didn't say the bid would be 100% accurate. It never is. Every bid has a mistake in it. It's the nature of the process. That is where the project mitigation comes to play, and that is for a whole nother show. The estimator will then perform what's called rake-offs or take-offs. What they basically do is they count all the drops on the blueprints. They're going to count, come up with the different types of drops. They're going to look at the placement of the equipment room, the telecom room. Then they're going to start building a bill of materials for all of those components. There are two different strategies for calculating cable lengths. The first one is measuring each and every run on the prints. 
The second is to average the room. You, want, you find the longest run and the shortest run, and then you average. Each process has strengths and weaknesses. If the estimator has enough time, the best way to do it is to measure each and every run. Because when you do averaging, you could run into some problems with not enough cable or too much cable at the end of the project. The next item is to calculate how much labor and the crew make up. And finally, the schedule. So the labor budgets can be either task related or tied to each component on the bill of materials. Some bids are a little bit of both. For example, an estimator may have put some time at the beginning of the project for a thing called mobilization. Well, there's no materials tied to that. Mobilization is just time that's needed for the crew to transport the materials and the tools and get on the job site and get everything set up. This is a task, not a component. A component labor estimate is where they take each piece of material on the bill of materials and then they assign a labor value to that. So, for example, for each jack, they might assign four minutes that for someone can actually terminate that jack and then two minutes to install a faceplate, one minute to put on a label. Of course, I'm making up fictitious numbers. The numbers that you're going to be using will be reflective of your skills or the people who work for you, their skills. A component estimate would take an item off that bill of material and, again, like I said, assign that lump to it. What some estimators will do is they'll lump components together to come up with an assembly. So instead of assigning a labor unit to the faceplate, a labor unit to the jack, a labor unit to the box eliminator, they'll combine them all together and say, you have seven minutes to put in this work area outlet. Creating a bid with assemblies makes it easier for a project manager to manage labor on. Because if they're not combined into assemblies, that means when the technicians are filling out their daily timesheets, they got to put down the number of jacks that they terminated, the number of faceplates they terminated, the number of labels they installed. The more things you have to track, the less likely, the less accurate your bid is going to be. And trust me, I know from personal experience, technicians don't want to fill out timesheets with a whole bunch of line items on it. Other items that the estimator must consider are other costs called ODCs. ODCs stands for Other Direct Costs. Those are costs that are related specifically to that project. For example, equipment rentals or lifts. Once all that is done, then the formal proposal is written. A good proposal will include at minimum the scope of work, i.e. the actual work that's being priced, the bill of materials, a Gantt chart showing the project scheduling that the pricing was based off of, prints showing the actual cable pathways, terms and conditions, and assumptions. Again, you want to have all of those components for your own protection. And as we dive into the estimating process in a future show, we'll go into each of those in greater detail. Once the estimate is complete, then it is reviewed, a margin is placed on the project, and then is sent up to management for their final approval. The margin is going to include the profit that the company wants to make and the cost for any mitigation that might happen during that project. That's another show topic right there, project management mitigation. Then the whole proposal is submitted to the customer and the waiting game begins, and the cable contractor waits for approval. The approval process can take up to weeks or even months. Sometimes it can even be just minutes from the receipt of the actual proposal. Now, the reason for the different amounts of time for approvals is because it depends on the size of the company that, the, that who wants the work done. 
They may have multiple bids to compare your bid against. They might have to get approval from a manager, and that manager might be on a business trip or on vacation. So those kind of approvals do take time. Then comes that phone call. You've been selected. Each time I received that phone call, I would feel butterflies in the pit of my stomach. Remember I said earlier about every bid has a mistake in it? Yeah, now it's time to find out where those mistakes are and how can we mitigate them now as opposed to finding them later on when the project's actually going on. And we move into the second phase of the project. Now comes the planning stage of the project lifecycle. There's a quote about planning, and it's attributed to Benjamin Franklin. And it basically says, By failing to prepare, you prepare to fail. Paul Hinkles of Hinkles McCoy, one of the contractors who I worked for for many, many years, used to say something very similar to this. So during the planning stage, you have to come up with some answers to some very tough questions. Some of those questions are going to be, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And how will we know when the project is done? Now, the planning stage can be something as simple as just sitting down and coming up with a simple plan, or it could be a large, complex plan that involves a formal kickoff meeting between management, estimating, and operations. Let's take a look at each of those three questions. What are we going to do? I know that seems kind of simple, but Chuck, it's in the request for proposal. It's already written. The answer is not quite that simple, right? As I mentioned earlier, it could be weeks or even months from the time that the bid was submitted to the actual award of the project. If the project was to install cable on a new construction site and it took the customer months to approve the low voltage contractor, I guarantee you the site conditions have changed. Labor contracts for the union areas of the country may have been negotiated since then. The cost of living might have gone up. Even the price of materials might have even changed. It's always best to start off with each project with a kickoff meeting between whoever estimated the project and whoever be running the project. The kickoff meeting can be a short discussion in the project manager's or the estimator's office, or it can be even a full-blown schedule the conference room for a day, order order coffee and donuts in the morning and pizza for lunch, and have a formal kickoff meeting. Prior to the project meeting, Make sure that the project manager is giving all documents for the project, including the prints, the scope of work, the terms and conditions, stakeholders and their contact information, and make sure that you give it to them well in advance of that meeting. Give them enough time for them to read and understand that scope of work. During this meeting, discussion topics should include how the estimator came up with their cable counts, what areas did they use for their pathways, Were there any potential issues that they found and how did they address those? And if there's enough time, then a site and a site visit is available, then you should go do a site visit. I would say make it mandatory if possible. That's where you find out the two questions, what are we going to do and how are we going to do it? Questions collide. The more these issues can be identified at the beginning of the project, the better chances you have of overcoming those hurdles before if you found them at the end of the project. If the project manager understands which routes that the cables will take and the equipment that's, where the equipment can be placed in the equipment room or the telecom room, there should be less waste on the project. And more importantly, if the conditions were changed by the customer or site conditions, i.e. they had to run a cable down a different hallway, 
then the project manager will know that's a legitimate change order so they can go after the additional funds for material and labor. It is imperative that during this phase of the project that the project manager understands the purpose and the mission and the measurable objectives and what will be used for. For example, how many hours are in the project? What is my crew makeup versus who's actually going to be available to do this work? What are my critical milestones? When does this cable have to be roughed in so that the electricians can call for the AHJ to get their clothes inspection? When will the closets be done by the painters so I can go in and start building my racks and my cable supports? Because you don't want your cables getting painted. How will the project be tracked, both labor and material budgets? What are the project reporting requirements, both internally and externally? They may not have the same information. The recipients of those reports are going to be different. External reports will be to the customer or other stakeholders outside of the company. Internal reports will be to people inside of the company. So obviously, internal reports are going to have a little bit more classified or confidential information. Once all those questions have been answered, then all the others have been identified during the planning phase should also be documented. Remember, documented. That document should be signed off by all parties present at that meeting. The area manager, the owner, the estimator, the operations manager, the project manager. And as part of the planning phase, it's also a great idea to have a kickoff meeting with the customer. This should be done after the internal meeting and after all of the kinks have been worked out in that internal kickoff meeting. This external kickoff meeting is going to help you build a relationship between the project manager and the customer. It gives that customer the confidence that they selected the right company to install the cable for their project. It's going to also let them know that they selected the right project manager. The same information should be shared with the customer, minus, like, like I said, any confidential information such as margins or hours or what other information that you might deem confidential. This meeting should also be documented and signed off. Pro tip, make sure that the customer, when you're having this external kickoff meeting, make sure that they dedicate who the point of contact is and if that person has the ability to sign change orders. Because if that way, if anything comes up and a change order has to be signed, you know that you're going to get paid for that change order once the project is over. If any questions are brought up during this external kickoff meeting, then those should be taken back to the internal people and discussed and with the appropriate people and solved before moving to the execution phase. So this concludes this episode, and I gave you a lot to think about. Hopefully, you're able to glean something from today's podcast, and we only covered the first two phases of the project lifecycle. If you did, would you mind putting that in the comments and let us know? Because we don't have, because of time constraints, we don't have enough time to discuss every component within those two cycles that we discussed today. So please make sure that you attend a project management class or do research on project management or find a project management mentor. Until next time, be safe. That's it for this episode of today's podcast. We hope you were able to learn something. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future content. Also, leave a rating so we can help even more people learn about telecommunications. Until next time, be safe.